It was through the ability to highlight my strengths and raise my hand for, yes, I want to do that challenge. I would love to take on this new role. I would love to be considered for that promotion. It was me identifying through my career and now through my business that I constantly challenge this ideology because otherwise, if you don't have something to cling to, they say to make it your own, whether it's through your career or through your business, it does make it challenging to start shedding that part of those ideologies that have been so forcefully put upon you. Welcome to the Online Creator Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Tradewell, founder of May & James Co., a creative digital company. Building a brand is about human connection. I am here to help you articulate your story through strategy, development, and execution. I believe that anything is possible at any age and at any stage of business. The only limits we have are the ones that we place on ourselves. I want you to feel like you are supported, not alone, and that you are able to take action quickly. On this podcast, expect to hear interviews from a wide range of guest speakers, bite-sized solo episodes from myself, bingeable episodes that will give you insights, different perspectives, and actionable strategies to help you reach your goals personally and professionally. Now let's get into the show. Welcome back to the Online Creator Podcast, episode 41. Today, I speak with Molly Lowe, all about the unapologetic confidence to navigate entrepreneurship. Molly believes that everyone deserves to find or create a career they love, one that allows them to use their unique skills and talents to make a positive impact on the world. As a career and business coach for millennial women, she's passionate about helping her clients navigate career changes in entrepreneurship. With a combined 20 years of experience in both worlds, corporate and entrepreneurship, she has a deep understanding of what it takes to succeed in both arenas. In today's conversation, we get into how she has pushed past ideologies that were set upon her to carve out her own unique path, how she works with clients to find their voice in a way that is nurturing and encouraging, why she chose the podcasting platform to start sharing her message with her ideal audience how she supports her clients to take aligned action today towards entrepreneurship, and her own unique perspective on what she has seen as trends in this online space. I know you will thoroughly enjoy this conversation. Molly is both delightful to talk to, entertaining, and very heartfelt in what she says. So join me in welcoming Molly to the show today. Hello, Molly. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hi, Kim. I am, of course, uber excited to be here. Thanks for me. Yeah. Before we dive into all things business, entrepreneurship, what you specialize in, I love opening the conversation with how you have leveraged your voice to better your business and brand. And maybe it's looks like a bit of a journey from where you started to where you are now. I'd love to hear it. Oh, absolutely. You know, I am Hmong American, so my culture has a huge influence on how I grew up and my voice. Now, let me tell you a little story. 
I'm the eldest of five. I've got two younger sisters and two younger brothers. Yes. And in our culture, it's a very paternalistic culture. Uh, And my dad would say to me, you know, you are too loud to be a girl. When you get married, you got to learn how to soften your voice. Only speak when you're spoken to. Only say what you need to say. Okay? You're too loud. He actually said to me, because you are so mouthy, you've got always an opinion, something to say, you should go and pursue and be a lawyer. It, like, put it to use. And so this is the message that I heard growing up for a very long time. And then, of course, getting married to my husband, I had a moment in which my father-in-law actually looked at me and said, hey, shh, you're too loud. Yeah. What? Come yeah. on. Yeah. So I will, y'all can probably take a wild guess to where this is going. Mm-hmm. I am nothing like that. If anything, yeah, I am Thank loud. You. My voice carries. Typically, as a keynote speaker, I don't need a mic. My voice mm-hmm. will carry across. My voice is not soft and docile. Mm-hmm. I am very opinionated on the things I believe. Absolutely. Yes. So naturally, I thought to myself, okay, this narrative that has literally been put upon me has to change. It has to shift. And it was through my creative expressibility as a coach through my business that I have been able to leverage my voice to build not only my brand, but the core of my business, which is helping millennial women navigate through career changes and entrepreneurship by simply saying, this is me, this is what I want. Regardless of what anyone else tells me what I want, this is what I want. And so my voice has led me to find my authenticity to build on top of my already very loud sense of confidence. And now I'm just a lot more unapologetic about it. So that's me in a nutshell. I love it (laughs) so much. I really do feel that our how we were raised, our upbringing really does reflect on how we approach our young adulthood and what we try out for careers and how we show up in those careers and how we show up personally and professionally and all those things. So how did you find the confidence to just keep carrying on and being true to you, even though you were told by so many, you know, people in your life to quiet down? Because there's a lot of people that I've talked to that if that's how they were brought up, it was really difficult to break through that and to show up as authentically as them. Yes. Two things come to mind. Number one, gosh, thank the heavens for my husband. You know, I mean, he too is Hmong American. So being a part of the community, he understood these um, archaic, antiquated, you know, chauvinistic 
ideologies that was placed on me. And so thankfully, he's the type that's just like, but I like you, feisty. It's okay. And it's always nice to have someone who is still male in my community, but is my partner to say, oh, but this is just the older generation, you know? And the beauty of that is he doesn't make an excuse or he doesn't justify. He just simply says, okay, that's their opinion, but that's not mine. I love you for you. I want you to be strong, opinionated, bold. That's why I married you. Without that, you wouldn't be you, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing is it was through my career. It was through my journey that it was, I always felt like, so so follow me here. I used to always say to people, I bring home the bacon, I just cook it too. Because I always felt like I had one foot in modernity and then another foot in this antiquated way of living, of being a housewife and, you know, cooking and cleaning and doing all that stuff that was, again, from a gender identity that my culture has given me. And it was through my career that I was able to start breaking that down to find my voice, to find my confidence. It was, it was through the ability to highlight my strengths and raise my hand for, yes, I want to do that challenge. I would love to take on this new role. I would love to be considered for that promotion. It was me identifying through my career and now through my business that I constantly challenge this ideology because otherwise, if you don't have something to cling to to say to make it your own, whether it's through your career or through your business, it does make it challenging to start shedding that part of those ideologies that have been so forcefully put upon you. Yes. Yes. And now I know you're a mom. And you're raising some beautiful humans, just like I am. How does that reflect on how you parent them? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to laugh because here's the thing. I weighed 180 degrees different, okay? Mm -hmm. I've had two boys and a girl, okay? And so my oldest is 12, my middle is 10, and my youngest is 7. And my daughter is the baby. My two older boys cook and clean more than she does. No clue. She doesn't know how to make rice. She doesn't know how to do dishes. The girl. Oh, she's got lots of time yet. She's got lots of time yet. And but seeing that, how amazing is that, right? Yeah. And and it's beautiful because it's it's become one of those things where I tell my boys all the time, yes, okay. It it's not even necessarily. It's nice that is it attractive to your significant other one day that you know how to cook and clean for yourself? Absolutely. Um, Hello? Who doesn't want a partner who knows how to take care of themselves? But secondly, I'm going to be here forever. Your dad's not going to be here forever. And so this is a lifelong skill that you need to learn how to do now. And, you know, thinking back to even my own family, my brother never knew how to do his own laundry until he was in college. And it was because he was away from the family and he had to figure it out. No, my boys are not going to be doing that. They do the laundry now. They're doing dishes now. They are cooking now. I'm sitting over here like I'm trying to hit mute so that I don't interrupt because 
I'm like, yes, 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 and yes. It's so true. And those skills do reflect how they show up and how they are as young adults. And those skills will carry them forward for the rest of their lives. And there should be gender equality in the house. Um, You know, everyone should have a voice. And I'm raising a very, very opinionated, strong-willed daughter. And as much as it's exhausting, I love every second of it. Right? And same, like, I want my son to have a voice. I don't want him overshadowed by anyone. But it's interesting because they both have different personalities, just like my son takes to tends to take after me a little bit more. So he is a little bit quieter. He, it's taking him a little bit longer to find his voice, just as it was for me. And that's OK, because we all have to kind of go at our own pace. But I'm just interested in finding out, like, when you work with clients and you see that you know, you must see all kinds of women that are like struggling to find their voice at different stages. And how do you help them raise their voices and amplify and share their stories? And like, how does that work when you work with a client? Is it, it must be just super fascinating. Absolutely. The part where this comes up as a challenge for my clients is when they're trying to become more visible, especially social media, right? It's one of those things where you it is so public. When you're sharing, you are sharing a lot about you. And, and you always have the empowerment to share as little or as loud as you want. But it is. Your brand, your voice is your brand. I always think about There's a lot of people who say very similar messages, right? For example, if I had to pick one, you know, stop getting in your way. Like you're the one getting in your way, on your way. It's a very common, very cliche, if you will, message. But every single person using your voice, literally your vocal cords and how you articulate that is going to mean and sound different than every single other person and how you attach your story to them is exactly what that one person needed to hear was that your version of how you said that and so when I work with my clients and they're struggling to overcome this gosh what is my voice how do I articulate and exude my brand by sharing it okay number one acknowledging what is causing the angst what is causing the hesitation and sitting with them to letting them know okay to feel this way when you are literally putting yourself out there for all to see and a lot of this is tied just back to fear of the unknown or fear of failure or fear of judgment or shame and guilt that may have come from the first attempt that they tried to do. And so it's not always the, okay, we'll just do it, just do it, just do it. It's understanding what is causing all of the stress about it and the overwhelm, making sense of it without any shame, guilt, or worry or any embarrassment about it. And then when they're ready, you're there to guide them and say, okay, how are you feeling today? Yeah, you know what? I'm feeling really good. Today's a good day. 
I want to share something. Awesome. And you ride that wave of momentum at that time. That is how I guide my clients into really stepping into finding their voice in a way that's nurturing, yet Mm -hmm. very encouraging and still holding them accountable to say, this is really what you want. Let's help you get. And and to show up in a way that makes sense for who they are, because it doesn't matter how loud or how quiet you are, you will resonate with others um, in your own unique way. And I've come across that a ton of times with clients. I've come across myself, holding myself back. And it's so true. Like you, you don't have to show up like the Energizer Bunny every day of the week if that's not who you are. Stay true to who you are. Believe in that. And that will shine through and that will resonate and that will absolutely convert uh, people in your world to become part of your world. So I love that so much. The other piece that I want to get into before we get into what you do even more is you started sharing your voice through your own podcast. I better get the name right. A Tall Glass of Sass. And tell us how that came about. Like, did you overthink the process? I don't think you did because I heard part of the story, but. I love, I want to hear how that came about and how you're enjoying that. Yes. Oh, such a great segue to me talking about momentum and really being in that energy and that vibration of wanting to share and use your voice. So I have had for many years, very fortunate, many years having my community just poke me and say, okay, hey, when are you going to drop a podcast? I would be here for it. I would listen to it. What are you dropping? And every time it's always like, oh, yeah, I will. Thank you for the feedback. Absolutely. I will. I promise I will one day. It's a lot on my play right now. And and at that time, it really was. I didn't want to, to half-ass it, right? But this year, little did I know, it was February. And I thought to myself, okay, I am feeling this just magnetic, gravitational pull to do this yeah let's do it literally dove right in there was no launch plan there was no marketing plan there was nothing it was living off of my my inspiration my creative drive and the ability to share more of my knowledge my story Helping to inspire others was just kind of the catalyst that that was the gasoline to my little fire of like, I knew I wanted to one day, but I didn't think it was going to happen this year. And so that happened in February and I launched at the end of March. I just picked a date and I said, let's go. Bought the thing, didn't overthink it. You know, I think that's, that's the other thing. When you strive for perfection, you delay progress. And I just said, screw perfection. I'm going to do this. This is the date. I'm holding my, myself accountable. Got my team on an emergency call and said, we're doing this, y'all. Boom, 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 boom. And started recording. And then here we are. Here we are. So good. And are you enjoying the process of hearing your own voice? Like, how is that for you? You know, you know what's so interesting about that is I still have yet to embrace it. Like, do I really sound like is that really my voice and one thing that I know is true is that even as I listen back to my episode my passion is there 
when you get me on a roll, there's nothing that you can mistake when you're listening to someone who is truly passionate about said thing that they're talking about. Mm -hmm. You can hear it. And then it's through that audio that you can feel it. Yeah, you sure When someone's kind of, yeah. But when you're talking about the things that you enjoy and you love and you know that there's value for your community, oh gosh. Huge. Absolutely. So Mm -hmm. I am loving it. I actually um, was just reflecting on this and I thought to myself, this, I don't think I'll ever, I don't think I'll ever stop. At least not right now. I, I love it. It is such a wonderful way to just share more and be more of me and being myself in the world in in such a different capacity. So I love it. Yeah, it's a pretty unique platform. And I love that, like just the power of hearing someone's voice and hearing their emotions. I don't know, there's something really unique and special about audio when, you know, you plug your headphones in and you're like, because I usually listen while I'm doing things. And if something like, really triggers me, I have to like literally stop what I'm doing because it really does like it affects me. And I just I find that so fascinating. I love the art of storytelling and and all the good things that are wrapped up into sharing someone's voice. So thank you for sharing that. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Private audio feeds. This means you can take the audio from content you've already created and share it with your paying customers. With Hello Audio, you can create private audio feeds in minutes. Check out the show notes for the link or go to helloaudio.fm for more information. Let's lean into how you became part of this entrepreneurial space and and help and how you help others um, kind of go from that transition of corporate into this space. Tell us what that looked like for you and how you came across this is, oh my God, aha, this is what I want to do. Yes. So this started out, I was having a conversation now, for those of you who are unaware of my journey, I paid my dues in corporate America as a human resource leader. And I was one of those black sheet people where when I was in university, my undergrad degree, I knew my sophomore year that I was going to be in HR because being a lawyer was out of the question. While I understood my dad meant well with my loud voice and all that good stuff, like law school is not going to be for me. And so for whatever reason, I thought HR was the next thing closest to law. And uh, was able to build out a very successful career that I'm very proud of. And so I was having a conversation with a colleague and he had actually said to me, as a question about uh, career development and just what he could do to continue building on that professional development, I was giving him my spiel and all that good stuff. And he actually, at the end of the conversation said, this, all of this, pointing at me, if you could just turn, like bottle up your juice, Molly, I would pay for it. And I said, what? Figure out a way to sell your juice. And I would pay for your juice because there's magic that happens in this juice that you offer people and I would pay for it. And that was the moment when I said, oh, oh, maybe. And then it started this whole like, okay, whoa, 
would that look like? And it was dreaming. It was just simply dreaming and visualizing and kind of thinking about what that would look like. And so then I started, I was still working full time in my job and I started to side hustle as I was putting little incremental steps in building what this could look like without feeling any kind of commitment to it. It was just kind of, again, it was an expressive outlet for me. What could this look like? And allowing the sense of creative dreaming to happen organically. Fast forward two years from when that first conversation of my juice happened. It was Valentine's Day. And my husband and my children always give me uh, chocolate-covered strawberries. And I'm just so doted and so loved on Valentine's Day, even more than Mother's Day, which I think is so cool. And I thought to myself, okay, I am just so lucky to be loved by so many people. But for whatever reason, there was this aha moment in which I didn't feel like I loved myself enough. And it was on that Valentine's Day that I thought to myself, okay, if I really loved myself, what would I be doing? And the first thing that came up to mind was like, you would not be in this job, I'll tell you that. And that was when I made the decision that I was going to do my business full time, take the leap of faith, bet on me, take a chance on me, and pursue this full time. And so then two days later, literally on the 16th of February, I called an emergency one-on-one meeting with my boss and I put in my resignation and the rest was history. From wow. That's how I started. Was entrepreneurship something that you were familiar with, with family or friends or anything? Because that's, that's what I'm in of too, because I don't have that background. We come from very traditional. You work your nine to five till you get your full pension. Most of the people in my world, they think I am crazy town to even consider this because that is not what we were raised to do. Right there with you. Nobody in my family, in, except for one, which is um, my uncle, but he's far away from me. So far mm-hmm. and, and, and we're not as close. I'm not as mm-hmm. close to him. So it's not like it, I had a role model or any ropes on how to do this. Mm-hmm. No, my parents thought that, you know, your goal, Molly, was to graduate with your college degree, graduate, get a steady job, Mm -hmm. work your hours, pay your bill. It is what it is, what it is. Just live your best life as much as you can based off of those guidelines, right? I mean, I did literally everything that my parents had expected Mm -hmm. me to do, right? Go to college. I mean, I I was a solid student, you know, graduated with honors, all of that good stuff. Then got married, had kids, bought a house, right. like literally right. followed the like what everyone tells yeah. you to do. So you shook the boat. Yeah. And so when I decided yeah. that I was going to do this, this is the response from everyone around me was, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Like, this is a huge risk. What happens if you can't pay your mortgage? You have kids. Mm-hmm. Is this the responsible decision to do this when you have children? And it, and I know they meant well, but it was their fears that they were pushing on me because they couldn't imagine themselves doing it. 
Well, that's hundred percent right. And so I just said, thank you so much for your concern. And I got this. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if I can't make mortgage, what do you think family's for? I mean, hello. (laughs) What do you think you're for? Oh my gosh, right? Like, honestly, though, having the support of, you know, like your spouse and and being able to lean on each other, I think is so important. And those that are doing it on their own, just really, truly, like the most powerful thing is finding it within yourself to be able to believe enough in yourself to be able to do it, whether you have a supportive partner or not. You have to believe in yourself to be able to do this because this is not easy. Like, this is not, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Like, I say that all the time. Like, but, but it is crazy how exciting it is and what is possible if you stop putting a ceiling on yourself and boundaries and parameters. I mean, we have to set boundaries, but you know what I mean? In the fact of what is possible and what you can create, you're not waiting for someone to give you a promotion. You're not waiting to top up your pension plan for, you know, until you're so you can pull out your full pension when you're 65. I mean, I got a lot of life to live and I want to live it now. I don't want to live it at 65. So it's pretty cool and crazy that you believed in yourself enough to get this started. When you work with others then to get them on this path, what are some of the fears or how do you help them, I guess, overcome those fears of, maybe others in their world that are pushing it on them, or even internally, how do you get them to believe in themselves enough to take those first steps? Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of my clients, what they want to know is how. They want the roadmap. They want the steps. They want to know, okay, I, because I'm using air quotes here, y'all, for those listening, obviously you can't see me, air quote, right? Because this is such a huge risk, air quote, they want to be able to control. And I think naturally, especially as women, we gravitate towards wanting to control outcomes and be able to control the situations and all of that good stuff. And so when I work with my clients, the number one thing that they first, well, I'll say two. The first one is, of course, the financial risk. Okay, well, what happens? How do I ensure that I have enough in my savings, that there's enough on a safety net perspective. How do I know? And then, of course, I want to have money to invest in my business and do all the things. And then the second piece is, well, what about health insurance? Right. Because here in the U.S., it's unfortunately not accessible. So that's the second most commonly asked question I get from women in the U.S. that are looking to start the What are you doing for health insurance, Molly? Like, how are you dealing with that? So. When we work together, I help you to devise this plan. And this plan can be as easy and short and and simple or as long, elaborate as possible. And by putting together this plan, not only do you have a roadmap, a to-do list for you, but it does help you to ease into, okay, it's not as scary as I think it is. It's just taking aligned action and very similar to what you just said, Kim, they feel this sense of empowerment that number one, it's on them. They get to decide what they want to do. They get to, yeah, oh my gosh, I'm in the seat of empowerment to do that. How cool is that? Secondly, 
I encourage them and I remind them, it is okay for you to change your mind. You have the right to change your mind. And so it's just a matter of helping my clients to understand that, yes, dip the toes in there. But if you want to go full force and just, you know, jump right onto the pool, you can. And it's being that person to encourage and to answer questions. Because a lot of the fear of the unknown is just literally the unknown. And so the more knowledge they have, the more comfortable and confident they feel in making decisions. And uh, oh gosh, yeah. So just like everything in life, right? I mean, you can go as fast or as slow as you want, but as long as you're taking aligned action towards your goals, you will get there. And so, yeah, that's such good advice. You've seen a lot in your journey. How many years have you been in this space then? Uh, Five and a half years. Oh my God, that's actually huge. That is, that's huge. And so in that time and where we are now in this world, it's such a crazy world we're living in. Is this a good time in your perspective to lean into starting a business? Like, what are you seeing? What are the trends? Like, I would love to hear your perspective. Oh, y'all, if you haven't heard my passion, it's coming out right now. Cue the fierce passion. The answer is yes, 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 yes. Now is the time. One thing, especially in the U.S., because I'm based here, that we are seeing significantly is the economy impacting layoffs in large organizations, specifically tech companies. And so there's never been a time, real talk, y'all, this is coming from my own personal truth. I've never been so thankful that I was running my own show. Because I think to myself, if I was still in corporate, I probably would have been laid off by now scrambling, not knowing what to do, how to pay my bills, not knowing how to generate the money that I need to to provide for my basic necessity. And while I my heart goes out to everyone impacted by these recent layoffs, now is the time. If you are thinking about starting your business, it's the time, man. Let me tell you, nobody is going to lay you off besides yourself. Molly, should we lay yourself off today? No, Molly, not today. We're not firing ourselves today. Nobody is ever going to pull the rug from under you except for yourself. That isn't control. In a nutshell, I don't know what it is. So you just have to pick the right risk. You either say, I am going to continue working for someone else's dream and hope and pray that they have the financial responsibility and empathy to not, you know, lay me off and leave me to fend for myself. Or you bet on yourself. And the only person who could ever fire you is yourself. The only person who could ever lay you off is yourself. So in this world where economies ebb and flow, you truly see the fruits of your own hard work and labor in your business. The law of cause and effect, y'all, what you put in is what you receive. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple as that. Yeah. Um, if we could all have a Molly in our corner. I swear, the first time we connected on a call, I was like, 
you just light up the space that you're in. And I'm sure you've been told that before. You really do have a, a special way to light a fire under me every time we talk. So I can't imagine what it would be like to work one-on-one uh, -on -one with you. So if those that are listening want this inspiration, this encouragement, this aligned action, they need help with um, formulating this plan, how do they reach out and find you? Yeah, you can go directly to my website, lotusmentoring.net. And I offer complimentary, non-committal clarity calls Perfect. for a reason. They're mm -hmm. called clarity calls for a reason, to help you gain clarity. Mm -hmm. And this is simply just number one, to get to know each other better. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm all about mutual fit because I'll, I'll be honest, what you see is what you get. I am not everybody's cup of tea. I always say I'm, I'm more like a shot in tequila, y'all. Okay. I am, I, I'll go down smooth, but I, I come and I pack a punch. I will be your choice of liquor that's going to help you loosen up, find your fun, dance, even though you think you're not a dancer. That's who I am. And it, it'll be on this so call that we'll, we'll get to know each other better and see where you're stuck and help you get unstuck and see if this is fit for you. Absolutely. I know my first investment in this world, I needed a clarity call with the um, investment person too, because I was like, listen, like this is a lot like, and it's scary. It's intimidating when you're first investing in yourself to get started. It's a lot. So I love that you, you offer that because not everybody does. So thank you for that. And thank you so much. And before I let you go, I love doing a quick speed round of just questions to get to know you a little bit better. Not that I don't know if you weren't listening, know who you are, but <laughs> this is just kind of fun part. What would you say is your superpower? Oh my gosh, if I had to pick one. Yes. My confidence is my superpower. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love it. What, what do you do to keep healthy physically and mentally? Because this space is crazy. And when you're I know you have your, your supportive husband, but what do you do for you? Oh, my gosh. Number one, I am a master of being selfish. Um, I put myself first in a lot of ways. And what I do, number one, is I love to run and I like to run by myself. I don't let anybody go run yeah. with me. <laughs> yeah. That is my time for me. Good quiet time. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is. Um, number two, I am somebody who... I need to protect my space. So the things that I do for my mindset, my office is my Zen space. I told my family, my friends, don't come in here with your negative vibes. Mm -hmm. You got anything that you're going to be complaining about? My kids are fighting. Fight outside my office, please. Don't come in here. Yeah. This is a protected space. I am spiritual. So for mm -hmm. me, I do believe in God and the universe. And really taking that time for prayer and meditation is really important. So those are all the things that I do. Oh my gosh, that's so good. And I would love to hear, how do you set boundaries working from an office space from home? Because you just said it right now, and I have two teenagers that just kind of come in and go whenever they want. And it's fantastic. I love that the door is open, but I also need space. So how do you, how do you create that space for yourself working from yeah. home? Yeah, yeah. It actually is interesting because at first I used to be so worried about, oh my gosh, a client or somebody that I, you know, that I'm on a clarity call and my kids are going to come in. 
And it's embracing the fact that I am a mom. My life is includes being a mom as well as a career business coach. And my seven-year-old, if she's hungry, she's she's going to plow in my office when she comes in. And it's simply, hey, either you're going to understand and you're going to empathize with me or you're, it is what right. it is, what it is, right? And to answer your question, a lot of this is I understand that and my children is sitting with them and helping them to understand there is times where I know you want me 100%. When I'm in my office and you're coming in, you're not going to get mommy 100%. Right. So if you want me 100%, let me know you need me. Let me come outside of my office mm-hmm. so we can focus on the thing that you need my my help for. And so it's just helping them to understand that my mental capacity is drawn to work right now and you're going to have the not best answer if you ask me a question right now you need me wait until i step outside my office or if you need me right away let me and i let me step outside and it's really those even those physical boundaries of not how they not being in your office and trying to manage too many things in there that's what causes for me the overwhelm um and so my kids know when they were younger, I would have to put this, uh, I drew this construction like stop sign. It was like pause, Perfect. literally taped it. So then it was yeah. eye level. Oh, mommy's door is closed. There's a red stop sign. Pause. She's going to come yeah. out when she's done. You know? So. Oh my gosh. That's so relatable and so good because it makes sense. And it's not overcomplicated. And that's what I love too. Because I think we overcomplicate everything, even the boundary part, right? Like, if they need you, they need you. But if they can pause for a moment and then the physically getting outside of your office space, I have to do that just even for my mental clarity. I have to take breaks every, you know, 60 minutes. I'm like, okay, yeah, Kim really. needs a little break, right? Yeah. To keep creative and keep inspired. Is there anything that I missed today that you want to make sure that we cover before we go? Oh, gosh. No, you did an amazing job guiding this conversation so oh, well. So no, not that I can think of besides just. I'm so excited and thank you so much for allowing me to just share my journey and my passions and my expertise and uh, sharing my voice. Yes, I loved this conversation. I knew I would. Um, There's so many good gems in there. I love the creative expressibility. I'm going to like have that written down on a sticky note because I just love that. I think allowing ourselves to have and create this space allows for that and And for those that are listening that don't think they are creative in any way, oh my gosh, give yourself a chance. That's all that I ask. You know, yourself a chance to just take that first step into what that could look like and have fun because we only have this one life to live. And if you can start at whatever speed you can do, do it. I will have all the show notes linked with Molly's info to go find her and check her out. Please do. Please come and say hello over on Instagram. I would love to hear what nugget you took away from this conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right back at you. All my love. Thanks so much for listening into the show. It truly means so much to me. You can check out the important links mentioned in today's episode in the show notes, and please join the conversation over on Instagram at me and James Co. I love hearing from you. There are so many great conversations coming up, so please make sure you are subscribed to Apple or Spotify or any of your favorite media players so that you don't miss out. And if you enjoyed the show today, please share and leave a review and a rating because it helps us so very much. Until next time.